Alright everybody, welcome to No Boys No Drinking. We're back after like a three month ab absence. And uh, I'm here with Mr. Gagney. Dave Gagney, how are you Mr. Man? Hey, hey everybody. Hey all the hey, new hey, friends. <laughs> what, are you, uh, what are you drinking Gagney? Uh, I am drinking some Malbec uh, called Alamos Selecion. Wow, that's very um, cultured of you. How about you? What are you drinking? Whiskey. Ooh, what kind? Uh, <laughs> honestly, this is kind of a funny story. I don't remember. <laughs> uh, where I bought whiskey and then put it in a bunch of plastic flasks to bring to see Blink-182 in September. Nice. And then I forgot them, and I had thrown away the bottle, and so I just have, like, plastic flasks full of whiskey that I've been kind of just touching for the last couple months. That and, sounds excellent. Yeah, so that's good. Uh, so. Do you want to talk about soccer and how Atlanta United is going to win a championship this year? Yeah, I want to talk about that so that we don't have to talk about football. I what I don't wait football. You mean soccer, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. Football. Yeah, yeah, football. Yeah. Uh, so, did you get to watch the the first uh, the first match? Yeah, I was able to stream the whole first preseason match. I didn't go to it physically, um, but I was able to stream it, and uh, it was pretty awesome. The crowd was huge. Uh, there were like 12,000 Atlanta fans. Huh? That's insane. I'm still shocked by how like big of a team they are already. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, they were saying that season tickets are up to like 27,000 season tickets sold. Which is insane. That's insane. How many people can fit into Bobby Dodd? Uh, Bobby Dodd's like forty-ish, uh, I think. That's that's kind of what I thought. So yeah, that's crazy. Okay. Yeah. And then when they when they move to Mercedes Benz, they're just going to be in the lower, like three tiers, and then the upper tier they're not going to have open. Okay. They they do a similar thing here with the uh, with the Sounders. Yeah. Yeah. yeah or they yeah, just open yeah. the the end zone high up parts. Yeah, they open up those, and then, um, well, like, the end zones don't really have, like, super high-tier parts. Mm -hmm. um, it's just, like, the, I guess, the sides of the field that do, and they close those off and just, like, put big Xbox banners on top of them. Um, nice advertising. Yeah, I, I got to watch the highlights from that game, and pretty much all the goals were really sweet. That one from the top of the box, who, who had scored that? Was it? It was uh, Assad. Assad, okay. He had the that nice goal. Was ridiculous. It was amazing. Um, yeah, I was really impressed. Um, obviously, the you know the highly touted guys like Almiron and Vialba looked fast mm -hmm. and good when they were on. Um, but I was impressed by some of the guys that I had never really seen before or heard of before that that played mm -hmm. pretty well. Mm -hmm. um, like who? Uh, well, I thought McCann was way better than I thought he would be. Um, okay. He seemed to really have a good passing range, and he was playing one of the okay. defensive midfield spots. But mm -hmm. he just seemed calm on the ball, was a good passer. He'd spread it around. I was impressed. Awesome. So he is Irish and handsome. Yeah, yeah. He's like a older guy. Do you have his age? Uh, he's 29. Oh, okay. He's younger than I thought, too. Then I thought he was going to be yeah. one of those old dudes who comes over from England. But 29 is still his prime. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, that, that's good to hear. And then, uh, as far as older English players that I recognize on the team, there's Tyrone Mears, who played for Seattle last season. So that's kind of a, a good name to see on there. 
He's yeah, a bit older. And he'll he'll give some good experience to that back line. Definitely, and and like MLS experience. You know, he's played in MLS. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, that's awesome. Uh, and then so they play Charleston this weekend. Yeah, on uh, Saturday. The Sounders on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then another game next weekend, and then uh, and then that's the end of the preseason. Yeah, and then off to it's against uh, who's their first game against? It's not. I know the first home games against uh, New York, isn't it? Yeah. Um, the I thought the first game was a home game. Oh, it is a home game. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So Red Bulls okay. are the first, and then our first away game is Minnesota. I love uh, Minnesota's logo. Yeah, it's cool looking. Yeah, which is like a total aside. I I uh, I really like that. One. What kind of bird is um, that? Um, I'm assuming it's a loon. Oh, um, cool. Because those are like really prevalent up in the great wide north up there. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's a, supposed to be a swan or something. I don't know. But I think cool loon is right. Logo. I think yeah, loon yeah. is right. I believe that they spend loonies up there, right? <laughs> yeah, loonies and toonies. Yeah, so most of uh, uh, Minnesota's economy is still based on the barter system, actually, which is pretty interesting. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's Lutheran tradition. Yeah, and most of their uh, yeah m- most of their uh, land holdings are given away in marriages, which is also just a weird thing about Minnesota still. Yeah, they still do. Uh, um, what do they call it when you 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 pay for your bride? Yeah, yeah. Um, or your bride pays. Your da- bride's father pays for you to marry her. A dowry. Yeah, they still do those. Uh, they still do that up there, which is weird. They're kind of, you know, backwards, but, um, you know, teach, teach their own, I suppose. Yeah, it's states' rights. Minnesota. States' rights, that's right. Yeah, states' rights. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so do you want to talk about getting sad about football? Yeah, I guess. We can, we can talk about it for a couple minutes. I got lectured by two faculty members this week at the same time about why the Falcons lost. So that was cool. That sounds fun. Do they, are they smart about football or are they just saying stuff that other people well, say? A little bit of both. Um, yeah, it was just like, yeah, guys, this was terrible. Can we not talk about this anymore? That'd be, that'd be good for me and my mental health. Yeah. The nice part about living in Atlanta during that whole wreck is that no one wants to talk about it. So you don't have to. You know, it's funny. So that's how it was. It's, so, so this is a really interesting juxtaposition between when the Seahawks lost against the Patriots in the Super Bowl. I was like, man, the city kind of seems much quieter today, but I also don't really care a ton about this. Yeah. And then this time where it felt like everybody was going on with their lives and I was like, don't you know the world is crumbling around you? <laughs> <laughs> Why aren't you people sad? Uh, yeah, why are you people sad like I am? All we had to do was kick a field goal. Um, no, the, I mean, the game was super frustrating in general, and, you know, it's like, why were we still passing the ball? Why didn't we just need a couple times kick a field goal at the end? On and on and on. But Yeah, I, I, I saw really some... I saw, like, a highlight thing where we tried to run the ball uh, earlier in the game, and, and our yeah. center, who had the leg injury, Alex Mack, he, he just got destroyed by the uh, defensive tackle. And I think that, yeah, yeah, that you know, the sense. fact that he couldn't get any sort of, sort of push, like, kind of made it so running was, uh, I don't know, frowned upon by Shanahan. But it, it's weird because it seemed like when we were running, we were getting yard, yardage. Yeah, agreed. E- even yeah, with him not being able to push off. Right, right. 
I mean, it was like, because didn't he have like a broken fibula or something like that? That's yeah, insane the, to play that game. I'm glad one of the bones in his leg was fractured. God, that's insane. Um, yeah, he's he's a beast. He's, I mean, he's probably the best addition we made in the entire offseason. I think he really just kind of put the glue together on on that offense. But he was good. He, he like shored up the offensive line so much just by telling people what to do and where to go and all the yeah, pre-snap yeah. stuff. Centers do. Yeah, yeah. Are you feeling optimistic about next year or just sad? Man, I, I, I haven't been able to think about it at all. I just, I've tried to avoid it, and I just, I haven't looked into who's expiring, like what kind of moves we should make, or anything about the draft. I'm going to give it a couple more weeks before I look into it. Have you been able to think? No, I mean, all I've got to think about is, um, as, as far as I know, we don't have anybody huge expiring on offense, which is great. And I think the defense at this point, I mean, Towards the end of the season, they were good, but given Dan Quinn and his background, I think at this point, the, the defense is only going to look up from here. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm much more interested in what's going on with like the offensive um, coordinator, coordinator at this point with Shanahan leaving and getting replaced by... Um, Sarkeesian. Yeah, yeah. Him. How do you pronounce his name? Sarkeesian? Sar- Sarkeesian or Sarkeesian. Sarkeesian. I, I, one of those. Somewhere in that area. Yeah, so, because he kind of, like, got fired after being drunk for a season. Yeah, from, yeah, he uh, was, he was let go pretty much for being an alcoholic. Yeah, and, you know, maybe he's gotten better. But I don't know if I'm willing to put my, uh, like, record-breaking offense on the line in order to see if this guy is doing better. Well, it's like, maybe he got better, but that, like, the season he got fired was the 2015 college football season, so that was... <laughs> a year and a half ago, like a little over a year ago. Yeah, it was no, so terrible. recently. I thought it was a little bit further off than that because because didn't he work with he worked with Alabama in this last season? Alabama is a good offense, but you know, not, he's not, a consultant, and then he did the play calling for the championship game when they let go of Kiffin in the middle of the playoffs. Got it. So I guess that maybe says something about like their faith in him when they got rid of Kiffin. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I just, uh, I think that it didn't really matter who they plugged in as as the quote-unquote coordinator. I don't know if he was necessarily calling the shots there. Yeah, I guess that's true. It was was not the OC that I would have wanted to see come in for the Falcons. Yeah, I was under the impression after just like watching some of the interviews with the players, like for instance, Matt Ryan said something along the lines of, you know, there's a lot of people on the offensive coaching staff who could easily step into that role. Um, and so I, after that comment, I kind of expected them to just, like, promote from within, which I would have been much more comfortable with given how awesome we were this last season, rather than bring someone in who might try to do his own thing. Because, um, like, we our offense is the furthest away from, like, needing a reworking as possible, right? It was yeah, a great offense, and I think that we would have been better off by just promoting somebody from within um, and kind of just continuing that momentum into next season as opposed to bringing somebody else in who might try to do his own thing. Um, but, I don't know, that's my hot take. Yeah, uh, I, I agree that our, our offense doesn't need fixing. So I think if Sark comes in and just sort of does Shanahan things, then we'll be happy with him. Um, yeah. 
And like you were saying earlier with the defense, like uh, I think they got better as the end of the year went on, and Trufant was out sure. the whole time, and so we'll get him back. Um, one expiring that I, I'm pretty sure Devonte is expiring his contract. Oh, interesting. Okay, that's the only one I, I that I think I know of. I'm pretty sure he was because I think during Super Bowl week they were talking about it that he he was expiring. Okay, yeah, I'm looking into that right now. We'll see if that's uh, if we want to bring him back or what kind of money he's asking for. Um, like I said, I haven't really looked into anything free agency or cap or or draft what we'll do, but it looks like he has one more season. Oh, okay, all right, yeah. yeah. So that's cool. good. Good. Yeah, I, I I I'd like to keep him. Around. I think it'll be interesting to see what happens with him and Coleman because like they're both really good. Um, and I'm not so convinced. Welch is going to hate me for this. I'm not super convinced we need the one-two punch on running backs the way we have it right now. Um, like, I, I'm not so convinced that, you know, it's the pair that makes them both really good. But it also becomes difficult when you, you know, deal with, you know, they're on rookie contracts, and when they're off those, they're going to be wanting, like, a, a ton more money, right? Um, so I think all that kind of gets a little complicated. But I, I, I'd be surprised if we kept both of them for much longer, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, and, and I think that the model of you know drafting guys in the second and third round is is like we did with them is the way to go. Like, yeah, we don't need to pay them there, huge there, money. There was an interesting, uh, pod, I think it was like a Planet Money or Freakonomics podcast or something like that. Do you listen to either of those? Uh, I do not. Uh, they're both NPR podcasts, and they just kind of look into like kind of weird economic models. And they had an episode about. Uh, like several economists had written a paper and had been advocating for like decades to NFL teams and consulting with them to just like constantly trade away second or first round draft picks and get like tons of third and fourth round draft picks Um, with the idea that like the delta between a first and second or a second and third round is very, very minor. And that by accumulating draft picks there, you can end up with a much better like average team. Um, Yeah. And anyway, it was just kind of an interesting podcast. And uh, basically, at the end of it, they were like, so have any NFL teams ever taken you up on this theory? And they were like, no. <laughs> but we've consulted for like half a dozen teams or something like that. Yeah. The the closest thing is, is the Patriots. Like, they always trade their first round pick to get a yeah. couple second round picks and stuff. Well, the same thing happened with... Um, the fucking with, Patriots. Yeah, of course, the fucking Patriots. Uh, same thing happened with... Uh, Seattle's defense, like the Legion of Boom, like basically none of them were first or second rounders. They were all rather deep in the draft and then come out with like an incredible defense. Um, albeit a bunch of fucking cheaters, but whatever. All the quote unquote Adderall they took helped. Yeah, yeah, right. Adderall. Uh, Help them focus on lifting yeah, things. On yeah, and catching the ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not meth, for sure not. Uh, um, so okay, are we done crying about the Super Bowl now? I, th- I think so. I think we did a good job, mostly talking about it, but not talking about it. But not crying and being upset about it. I've just kind of caught myself like like every I don't know every like six hours for the last week. I'll just think about it and just suddenly be like, oh, fuck me. I've just tried not to talk about it so I don't sound whiny. I think the I, I saw it, <laughs> there was a statistic before the game started that was something like. Atlanta, like between all the sports teams in Atlanta, all the major sports, 
There's been like 160 something consecutive seasons without a championship, mm. which is insane. That's good. That's doesn't make doesn't that make you feel better? Yeah. Thank you. Thanks. Atlanta United, they'll take it. Yeah, United is gonna win it all. Yeah, first year. Yep, get that star. Um, so uh, listen to any good music lately, Gagney? What's what's new with you? Um, well, I actually have been kind of going back and listening to some older stuff that I like. Um, well, I I hadn't listened to Manchester Orchestra in a few months, and I listened to like three of their albums today, and I just want to say they're still awesome. Yeah, they're still good. Atlanta band, tried and true. They're amazing. Um, yeah, and I I went back and listened to Blink's album from last year also, which is, uh, I like more now because, uh, I've gotten further away from my Tom love. Yeah, well, you know, that's that's for the best in general, I'd say. I, I was listening to that record with uh, our friend Boris yesterday, mm-hmm. and um, we had a conversation about it, because I feel like now that we're, I don't know, we're not quite a year, I guess we're like seven months since that album got released. And I think I have more perspective on it now, but I, I think I'm really ready to put it in like top three Blink records. That album is awesome. Hmm, top three blink record like I, I think i'd put the self-titled enema in california in the top three but i'm not quite sure how i'd order them on any given day but like i think i'm com- i think i'm confident that california is better than take off your pants at this point really yeah i would definitely I, I, I think, put california fourth you'd put california over or take off your pants over california yeah i would okay that's a respectable opinion, but I, I, th- I think I'm going to, I think at this point I'm going to disagree. It's like California is fucking awesome. It's super good. You don't have any whiny bullshit Tom songs. They're just all fun. But the whiny bullshit Tom songs, like, I don't know, uh, variety is the, uh, the flavor of life sometimes. Yeah, you're partial to, to, the, to the Tom songs. I like Tom. And, and like the, um, the Cal- California has like kind of a lull for some of the songs uh, for like, portions of the album it's just a long album yeah i guess there's like uh like kings of the weekend i think is kind of a downer track i mean not downer in that it's a sad track but it just kind of feels like it's filler i said that to boris too and he was like no that's like my favorite song and i was like that's a weird opinion to have yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like of all of them that song yeah uh, and I, I feel like having a song about los angeles and san diego is a little bit redundant <laughs> That's, and California, that's like three different songs. La- Los Angeles, you know, I didn't really care for until I saw it live. And then I was like, oh, man, OK, this album's really good. Or this this song's really good. Uh, San Diego is one of my favorite songs on the record. Yeah, San Diego's really good. I, I, I guess like the Kings of the Weekend and Teenage Satellites are the two I'd cut. And that's kind of the, the lull. I did not go when they were in Atlanta, sadly, but... <sighs> So I didn't get that experience. Yeah, that was awesome. That was a really, really cool, really cool concert. Who opened out there? Um, so it was All American Rejects, and then um, uh, A Day to Remember, and then Blink. Okay. Yeah, and then I dislocated my shoulder during A Day to Remember, which I think I've told this story on the podcast before, and that was shitty and terrible. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah, I I try not to. But I was talking with our uh, with our he- our hero friend uh, Hoffman about dislocating our shoulders this last week, 
And he was telling me that when he was, like, at his worst, he used to just, like, fall, like, he would sleep on his side and his shoulder would just pop out in the middle of the night. Oh, yeah, yeah. He told me about that, like, before his before he got surgery on it. That's insane. His must have been just so loose. It, I can't imagine that happening. Yeah, Hoffman's a loose guy. What are you gonna What are you gonna say? You know? <laughs> <laughs> He'll do anything. Uh, yeah, exactly. He'll do. Yeah, just constantly popping in and out. You know, who knows? Yeah, I haven't really um, discovered much new music since the start of the year. What about you? Have you heard anything good? Um, the only new thing since the start of the year that I've gotten into is that um, that new Menzingers record, which is really really good. I need to listen to that. Uh, yeah, I so they're a band that I have like I've liked a couple songs before, but I've never really like understood them as like an entire band before, mm-hmm. uh, or much less a whole album. And then uh, the new album they just put out, uh, which is called After the Party. There it is. Yep, uh, is really good. Um, the uh, the first song I heard off that was Lookers, and Lookers is probably like top 10 songs of the last decade for me. Wow. Like, that song is killer through and through. Um, but given my relationship with the band in the past, I was like, this song might be really good, but this doesn't necessarily mean the whole album's good because, you know, I've liked some of their songs before, but not the entire record where this whole album is, is really, really good. It's, it's definitely worth checking out. Um, okay. They're kind of like a weird mix between, um, uh, there, there's a whole podcast that I'll, I'll recommend that they kind of talk about the whole album. It's a podcast called Encore, and they have a whole episode about this album. Um, and one of the hosts of that podcast described it as um, being nostalgic for something that you don't know about, <laughs> which I thought was a really apt description. Yeah. Because they kind of have like this old sound, but it's also kind of punky and new. And so there's this weird, you get this weird sense of nostalgia about these songs that you've never heard of before. Um, and so anyway, it's, it's really good. Um, so and, uh, a couple of years yeah. ago, I saw they were touring with me without you. Are they like similar to me without you in any way? No, no. Okay. No, they're not kind of a mismatch um, tour. Yeah. I mean, in so far as like, you know, they're both kind of in the same scene. I, I like, I would have said like, I, I'd say that's, they are a good tour match for each other. Okay. I don't think their fan bases are going to necessarily align very much, but I think if you're a fan of one, there's a significant chance that you'd be a fan of the other. Mm-hmm. And so, like that was kind of a that that wasn't an obvious like tour, but I think when I saw that, I was like, oh, this kind of makes sense for them to do because I think that they'll both grow their fan bases that way. Yeah. Okay. And and I don't know why, but you thought you do a lot of like headline or co-headlining tours. I don't know if the lead singer just like can't handle like a two-hour set or something like that. Yeah, I can and see that. at the time, the, Men- the Menzingers only had a couple records, and so it kind of made sense for them to do a co-headliner, I think. Yeah. Um, so what albums from Manchester Orchestra were you listening to? Um, I-, I listened to the first three, uh, all of them today, while I was working. Uh, the, uh, I'm Like a Virgin and uh, Mean Everything to Nothing, and what was the next one? Simple Math? Simple Math. Yeah, yeah. I don't okay. know if that's that's the order, but that's the order I listen to them in. I'm pretty sure that's the order. I'm like a virgin is definitely the first record. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely the first one. You know they tr- they tracked that one live. Really? Yeah. So it's the like everything. So it's everything except for the second guitars, 
and the keys and the harmonies. Okay. So, but like drums, bass, first guitar, and like the first vocal layer were all done live. There's like videos of it online. It's really cool. Last year, the keyboardist left the band. Mm-hmm. Okay, dude, that was he a major influence on the songwriting? He seemed like he. I don't know. I I, I feel like I feel like uh, he was just because he's been in the band for so long. Yeah, that's the vibe. I, 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 and like. I don't know, they're a weird band because, like, all the songs are mostly written by Andy. Right. Um, and, like, cute, like, uh, so Chris, the keyboardist, wasn't in the band for the first record. Mm-hmm. He, like, so after they did all the tracking live, then he joined and I think did all the keys. Um, but, I don't know, I'm, I'm interested to see what happens there. Um, because Cope was such a guitar-heavy record to begin with. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And so it kind of felt like... It was their heaviest. Influence. Yeah, and so, like, I don't know. You, you gotta figure with a band like that, like, everybody's kind of got their hands in everything, and so it's hard to contribute, like, one thing to, you know, like, all the drums were the drummer, or all the bass parts were the bassist, and stuff like that. Um, but it felt like the keys took a backseat on that record, and so... Yeah, I, I think yeah. I saw on, on their Instagram or Andy's Instagram that they are working on new music. I saw that too, yeah. So we'll see if they, they have an album late this year or something. Yeah, and they, they scored a record or, or scored a movie or something in the interim, didn't they? Yeah, they scored... Oh, yeah, it was um, that farting movie with, Swiss with Army like, Man. Harry Potter. Yeah, Harry Potter. Yeah, yeah. cool. So they... Sc- I wonder if they made the fart sounds for that record. I tried to watch that movie, and it was weird, and I stopped, like, 30 minutes in. Do you think they, um, uh, do you think they incorporated fart sounds into the soundtrack? Like, if you buy the soundtrack and listen to it, do you think there's fart sounds? <laughs> because I'm willing to bet there are. <laughs> I have no clue. I hope so. I, I hope so, um, too. Oh, okay, so here's, here's something from this year that I've listened to is John Mayer's Wave 1. Oh, yeah. That's good. You listened really to that, right? That. Yeah, I have. What'd you think? Um, well, I, I love the first song. The first song's amazing. Yeah. It's Same. like bluesy, sad, John. It's good. Yeah, yeah. Um, agreed. The others are all solid, too. Love on the Weekend, obviously, is a couple months old. Um, yeah, and that, that, that's like an obvious single, I think. Yeah. I mean, and it was the single, but it's like, it's super poppy. Mm-hmm. Um, and. I don't know. I like. I don't think it's terribly interesting, and maybe that's kind of what ma- what makes it a really good single to some degree. Um, but it was solid. The whole thing like is is worth listening to. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited for the next set of four sometime this month. Um, yeah. So, so what's he doing? So he's like every two or three months, he's putting out four new songs, and then the sum of those will be the whole record. Yeah. That's the idea. Yeah, that's the idea. I thought he said every month, and the first. The first set of four came out on January 20th. And so I don't know if it's going to be late in the month like that or, you know, mid to late. Um, and did he do any sort of like big announcement? I just woke up one day and Spotify was like, hey, new John Mayer music. Yeah, I saw an announcement before he released it where he like, I think he released the single. And then after the single came out, he was like, this is the plan for the record. I'm going to release it in parts. And I wonder if that's, like, a media strategy in terms of, like, constantly being relevant in, you know, an age where albums are less and less relevant, or if that is, like, 
I need time to finish the record. <laughs> yeah. And, like, I'm his, still trying his, to, like, keep my name out there. It's his answer to, like, Migos and Gucci Mane, who put out a full album every month. Right, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, he's, I think he's, you know, I mean, this is just my take on the sound, but it definitely sounds like he's trying to get into the, the trap scene. <laughs> you know? I don't know, that's my hot take. He's been hanging out I, I, I feel, Yeah, I feel like there's going to be a lot more snare on, on, on the next record. You know, some like hi hat, uh, like thirty second notes, stuff like that. Uh, I don't know. We'll we'll see, but that that's where I think his direction's going. Mhm. Yep. Yeah. That's that's his next move for sure. Uh, oh, shit. All right. I've got bad news, Gaggy. What's up? My headphones just died. Okay. <laughs> so now all the audio is from my mic to my back. Yeah. Um. This is the toy. This is a real personal problem. Well, we made it 30 minutes <laughs> as a two man. Yeah, just two man crew tonight. Mm-hmm. All right, good casting. All right, buddy. I'll, I'll talk to you later. <laughs>